Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour. I'm joined, as always, by my On the Road to Recovery co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Yeah, I eat things. I eat things like food. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That is a new discography, more or less, per episode. And today we are discussing the butthole surfers. The excitement that I have for this. There are no words. There are no words. And it has no bounds. Alex, I'm excited for this. God damn it. I've been wanting to talk about this band for a long time. I was a little worried, but uh, through the course of things, I got real excited about it, and I didn't even realize I was familiar with a few songs. So, so you, this is brand new for you? Yes, I believe uh, I may have heard Locus Abortion Technician, Techni- or technician yeah. a few times back in the day. It uh, didn't do much for me back in the day, but we'll get into it. We'll get uh, into it now. Before we talk about any of that, if you want to support us, and I know you do, please tell me you want to support us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, you know, all the, the stuff. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Please tell a friend uh, or not. Uh, you could also follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture. Every week we post uh, the artists that we are currently covering. Uh, so you can send emails, you know, DMs. You know, everything regarding that artist, favorite albums, uh, worst albums, general thoughts, all that good stuff. You could also email us your suggestions for artists you want us to cover. You can send all of that to everyalbumever at gmail.com. And as always, there will be a Spotify playlist on the Butthole Surfers. Uh, just like every other episode, we have a Spotify playlist for every single band artist that we cover. There should be a link in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. Please do that. Or you can also just turn this off right now and go talk to your family. But Or be like our friend in the UK, Sam, and just uh, message us about how uh, we turned you on to some cool shit. Like- please send us validation. <laughs> we need it. We're not getting it in our lives been a long long year it feels good we're definitely not getting it from ladies right in our like not about the podcast it's like in our personal lives dude so. you have no idea i've, I've gone through some shit in the past week but <laughs> <laughs> fuck man uh bottle surfers uh so I'm extremely surprised that you're you weren't already a fan because the the way because in my head yeah. Not only did I think you were a fan, I thought it's why we're friends. Yeah. Like I, based on what else other music gets me excited, I seem like a butthole surfers type of guy. I've even seen them live. You saw them live? But I might kill you, Alex. I wasn't familiar with them and it just felt like I was being bombarded with a wall of sound. Although they did one of the funniest things ever. And I think it was pissing people off before they played. They played the walk on up music from the Price is Right, but, but for like 20 minutes oh, until they came on stage. Fucking hilarious. God uh, and it. you could feel like the room turning. Actually, uh, the only other time that I, I've seen that at a show was of the shirt that I'm wearing. Tomahawk. Uh, yeah. Mike Patton's uh, band with uh, I'm an oh. It's fucking Mike, from the Jesus Lizard. It's, it's Mike Patton. It's the Jesus Lizard guy's <laughs> band, though. I'm so mad that I forgot his name. Dwayne Dennison. Okay. Dwayne Dennison from the Jesus Lizard. It's basically his band, and he got Mike Patton, and Mike Patton made it his thing, because mm-hmm. that's what he does. I love Mike Patton, but he does that. Um, it was at that show where I got this shirt that I'm wearing, and before they went up, I don't know what it's from, but it's one of those let's uh, 
play this as we enter battle yeah. with fucking horns and like uh, kettle drums. And it went on for like a, a good 30 <laughs> minutes. And so it was, it was a very wonderful experiment and watching how people react to stuff like that. Cause you see the crowd like, ignoring it for, mm-hmm. for a few minutes and then you, you see when they start to notice it and they're like what the fuck like this is annoying and you see them getting annoyed right that always i always find it interesting when you go or when uh you go to watch a weird band but the audience is not down for weird stuff yeah that's that's uh mike patton fans to a t but like so they're getting annoyed by it and then the longer it goes on you see the more uh let's just say inebriated fans start to like bob their head like getting into it like these idiots are fucking convincing themselves that they like this bullshit and then it goes on even longer and people just tune the fuck out yeah so it's like this weird natural progression of showing something uh so annoying to someone for so long uh how humans adapt but bottle servers are amazing uh no the reason why i said that i thought it was why we're friends because the night that i met you yeah at a halloween party well, you were dressed as James, James Franco in Spring Breakers. Yeah. Uh, another buddy of ours, Dylan, uh, he was dressed as Kurt Russell from Big Trouble Little China. Already I knew I was like, there's something here. Yeah. There's something here. <laughs> it was Dylan who, who made a Butthole Surfers reference. And I was like, this guy's my friend. Oh, yeah. This D- guy's my friend. Dylan's uh, down with, uh, I don't want to say obscure, but he's down with a lot of different music. Yeah. We've, uh, we've tried to bring him on the, the podcast and he's... Uh, He's a busy, hardworking. He's a busy boy. boy. He's a busy so boy. This, uh, but Dylan is like, I feel um, in his heart of hearts, and even though he grew up uh, a rockabilly kid, like weird alt rock is his thing. He's got great taste. And also, you got to be a little fucked up in the head to uh, bring up the butthole surfers in your first conversation with a complete stranger. Yes. That takes weird balls. Yeah. Not just ballsy balls, just. I don't care if I lose this person forever kind of balls. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I would not do that typically, but uh, yeah, you would think I like the Melvins. I like Mike Patton stuff. Uh, obviously I should like the butthole surfers. I'm late to the party, but, but uh, I'm, I'm here now. I'm excited for this. And here's, here's another uh, caveat. I guess you could say is that this is a band that I think has a high likelihood of releasing another album. However, they, it's been it's, it sounds pretty low actually nowadays it's back to being low so the last album so the first album came out i'll do the i'll do the overview right now okay. there are um eight albums and one ep there's there's multiple eps but we're talking about the the, the big ep the most important mm-hmm. ep so uh first ep came out in 1983 uh, last album came out 2001 so 2001 is a long fucking time ago yes but as recently almost 20 almost 20 and then as recently as 2017 i believe paul leary uh said yeah i think we i think we need to do this i think we need to do another record and then gibby i think paul leary is a guitar player gibby haynes is the singer uh and also multi-instrumentalist and they're saying like yeah actually we already started talking we already started working on stuff and writing stuff and then the last thing was i think in 2017 they said it should be out next summer and well there's been no updates since yeah. so i feel like I think we need to talk about this band. I'm not going to wait for another album. If it comes out, we'll talk about it whenever it comes out. But mm-hmm. let's let's talk about this very fucking amazing and strange and completely unique band. Uh, 
like we said, eight albums, first one, 1983. Uh, they were, uh, around the time of the hardcore punk scene, but not involved musically. No, they were involved musically with no one, no one, no one. They are a, uh, a gumbo. You take, uh, you take some Texas stuff, take some old time rock and roll. Yep. You take some Latin music, you take Jimi Hendrix and a mentally ill homeless person. And then you get the butthole surfers. And so, that's what they sound like to me. Hell yeah. So we are going to talk about all of it. And I'm worried about where we're going to disagree because I'm not. I, I feel like it's hard to disagree on a band like this. If you enjoy this band, it's hard to disagree on this band. I think we'll have some more things in common yeah. than you think. I, I came out a lot, uh, slightly different with opinions this time around. Uh, because I've grown as an individual, I've mm-hmm. become far more mentally ill and fucked up over the years. So I, I enjoy things way more now than I thought uh, I would going in. But let's start now. Uh, already out of the gate, confusing because the first EP is technically self-titled. However, it is also known as Brown Reason to Live, and it is also known as PP the Sailor. So you know what we're getting into. This is uh, the first EP, nineteen eighty-three. Already mentally ill person. Already. So this sounds like the most chaotic hardcore ever made. Do not get used to it. No. Do not get used to it. I can't wait for my favorite lyric in this song. the next one okay yeah i mean this is the whole song it is the whole song because of course because this is the butthole surfers uh just to just for uh the listener i want you to put on the next track because this is what comes on immediately after This is actually a, kind of a normal song. It's fucking beautiful. Beautiful. But then you got the weird vocals. Weird vocals, but it kind of compensates. Yeah. The music is so fucking well done. And listen to that production. It sounds great. It's w- it's way better than uh, the White Zombies from last week. So, I love this EP. I really love this EP. I remember it uh, as a kid. I grew up with Butthole Surfers quite a bit. But um, I never really listened to like this EP or the early albums in their entirety. Uh, I got around to some of the, the mid mid period albums as a mm-hmm. teenager, but you know, this, I forgot about all these songs. So hearing that song, right, the second song we put on, Hey, Oh, I fucking, it's, I love it so much. I love it so damn much. That kind of made me relax a little because I thought this was going to be abrasive. It's early in the band's career. Yeah. Um, I know what's on the horizon. That first song, yeah. I was like, here we go. And then, so, hey, kind of was like, 
I'm going to be all right. Going to be all right. I can make it through this in a reasonable amount of time. Oh, for even sure. if Mike doesn't, I, I, can, I can do it. <laughs> I postponed twice. All right. Listen, I have a lot going on in my life. Not sure. I just I just took forever. Uh, the uh, originally the the center of the record uh-huh. told the uh, listeners listeners to listen to this at uh, 69 RPMs. Very nice. cute. Very cute. Also, nice. the cover is uh, horrific. Yeah, it's wieners and gigantic bellies. Um, so the, the 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 most flabbergasting thing about this record isn't that it's completely crazy, which is completely fucking crazy. It's how good it sounds compared to every other record from 1983. Yes. Like, yeah. where do they get the fucking funding for this? And I kind of know, it. like, wasn't it loaned to them by Jello Biafra and Alternative Tentacles? Uh, yes and no. They caught the eye of Jello, and he said if they could get a studio to agree to let them record, mm-hmm. Alternative Tentacles would reimburse right. the label after it was put out. Right. I think so, that would never fly in the million in a million years these days. These days now, and uh, that caused some issues for them on the uh, the following two albums yeah. with that stipulation. But um, it worked out. Uh, these albums sound far better than yeah. they have any right, any right. And it, like, we'll talk about it a, little, a little bit more later. But there's very minimal live footage of the band, but there is like solid, like good quality live recordings of their, of like the early years. And, uh, you, how they got any fan base is <laughs> astonishing. And I think it's entirely based on how fucking just from a raw entertainment standpoint, the live shows were, because, mm. uh, if you were to hear these songs for the first time live, the way they were back then, there's, you're not gaining, like, it sounds like a mess. Yeah. Um, I just found this band so perplexing. I saw they had a DVD. I found it for $5. And then I showed Mike. I got it. And so he has it too. And if you watch that DVD, like look up like photos of Gibby. He looks fucking crazy. Completely out of his mind. And then in between songs, I don't even want to call it an interview. That's that's where I got the like the interviewer asked him like, oh, what what do you guys like to eat? And he says, yeah, we like to eat. We eat things like food. Yeah. He, he well, he was completely. I think he was on LSD. Or something. Because uh, yeah, completely. You, you out hear of it. you hear some of the incoherent rambling going on, and I'm like, I hope he's not like that in real life. He's not. He's okay, not. Okay. I've seen. He. I remember a few years back. It was right after the death of what's his name, Uterus Youngest from Gore. What's his fucking? Oh, name? I don't know his name. The but, main guy yeah. from Gore when he died. Gibby went on the Daily Show with John Stewart. Yeah, and he was like completely coherent, nice guy. Oh, I need I, to look. That well, up. here's the thing. Uh, we didn't talk about their backstory. Uh, Paul Leary, guitar player. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. On this EP, it is a split down the middle of Paul Leary singing and Gibby singing. So the yes. first song, the screaming, all the, the the shouting, screaming madness, that's Paul Leary. The silly, that's Gibby. Yeah. So they met in college, I believe, and they were just the most regular, on the track of oh, being yeah. the most regular people. Gibby was an accountant, like a full-on accountant. Yep. Hired as an accountant, uh, and Paul Leary was pursuing his like an MBA or something like that. And I think Gibby was also a basketball player. Yes, because he's a gigantic yes. man. Yes. he's a gigantic man. Even in that in that uh, interview, yeah. where he's you know rambling like a madman, they're like all in bed together, uh, like shirtless with like a blanket over them, and he's just 
towering above these tiny little people. And the, and the hair makes it even more gnarly. He, it's like a really bad uh, old beehive type thing, you know, like Aretha Franklin type. It's like that, but uh, unkempt. It looks like it's full of him rodents. and uh, King King Buzzo taking the the crowns for craziest yeah hair. And, it, uh, he looks like uh, in the early days, Gibby looked like it was permanent bedhead. Like yeah. he just. That's just what happens with long hair if you never, ever do anything with it when you wake up. But uh, back to the music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think something is good. Something's great. Love it. It's the love child of King Crimson and Captain Beefheart. And I'm going to bring up Beefheart, our old friend. Oh, Captain Beefheart. I'm going to bring him up a lot here. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, of course, Barbecue Pope. Barbecue Pope. That is a... Uh, Fuck, man. That's Paul shouting on that one. Uh, put a little bit of barbecue pope. Oh, there's so much. Good this band has so many fucking good songs, man. Oh, my God. And then Gibby plays some uh, saxophone. He does play saxophone on here. Also, this features a uh, rotating list of drummers. So. This one, yeah. But uh, King Coffee would join and that's their king coffee would be the permanent drummer uh throughout a couple of years like the next album is or is it the one after i think he joined like full time after i I mean like after this which when did he come on board oh yeah after this yeah yeah this riff is so fucking strong this album cover looks like the music's just gonna sound awful yeah they're good songwriters or ugly yeah like ugly music there was some ugliness to it. Yeah, sure. But those are killer riffs, great songwriting, great performing. Oh, I love this song so much. That's a great song. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, I, uh, I remember, uh, remember seeing this cover a lot more then I realized I, I didn't realize I knew how I knew this record so well. I just mm. saw the cover a lot. Uh, I remember so much of this as a kid and how much I liked it even then, but just never kind of thought about or pursued it. Uh, even this, even the bullshit songs like, uh, which thought, which talk cathedral. Mm-hmm. It's like a big band parody song. I even like that. Yeah. It's fucking so everything about it is so goddamn fun. Uh, suicide, I think is like the most traditional punk song. But even that, I, I love it. I love it all. This is, it's crazier than shit, but surprising amount of melodies, great hooks, super short, really funny, like genuinely absurd, funny, surprisingly decent uh, intro to the band. I think uh, very surprising, very surprising, wonderful, great. Uh, listen to it. If you, I mean, like this is, it's not the best representation of the band but it's it's a very uh this a short like taste like if this rubs you the wrong way then, yeah it's probably this bail yeah because there are other entry points that are probably better uh and more accessible but this one this one gives you a little bit more crazy than some of the other stuff mm-hmm. uh yeah i recommend the fuck out of it but let us move on to the first actual album this is a uh, man. This this album <laughs> title is fucking remarkable. This is uh, 1984's "Psychic Powerless," another man's sack. Am I 
so this album is the the band attempting to be psychedelic, which they flirt with. They do throughout their career. They sure do. This is like the worst opening track. It's not a good opener. It is this. It's a lot of this. Like if you were off put by that opening track in the last EP. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually gonna throw a different song on after this, much like you did. Yeah, because I feel like so there's so much going on. So never judge a Butthole Surfers album by the first track ever. Or I would say even one track. Really? Yeah, kind of. Okay, so that's the opening track. So I'm gonna throw on Dum Dum because I think yes. that's it should have been the the opener. And now uh, we have two drummers. Yep, Teresa Taylor. Also known in the days, Teresa uh, Nervosa. Nervosa. Okay. Uh, and then you got the, uh, I was listening to this, I'm like, yeah, it's like Black Sabbath's Children of the Grave. Yeah. And then I go on Wikipedia and some asshole wrote that. I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, man. Well, only I can know it's Children of the Grave. I mean, it, so- it sounds like Children of the Grave. It's pretty. Yeah, a lot of galloping. It's more the drums than. And then this song, much like Hey, Put Me at Ease. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. I felt. This better. The more really I heard, yeah, yeah, the better I felt about. They're really good was- at that. They're really good at, like, all right, we're going to fuck you up. Just kidding. We, we're, we're st- we still make good music. Uh,. Not that, the, not that the crazy stuff is bad, but I still like it a lot. Oh, yeah. No, I just thought it'd be more unrelenting. Yeah. And this is uh, my personal favorite. Personal favorite. Look at Alex. Yes. Look at Alex. Personal favorite. This is a wild album. This is a, that's a great album. It's, it's a great album. I feel like it's not... It's kind of hard to pick an album that's representation of their sound. And, uh, yeah, each album's kind of its own thing. But yeah. this this had a lot of, a lot of songs I enjoyed. Um, like I of the chicken is yeah. so crazy. Like his vocals sound like Steve Albini guitars. Yeah. Like dude, I of the chicken. So I of the chicken is the second track. Yeah. And the fact that they opened the album with such two such abrasive <laughs> fucking songs. It's like I. I mean, it's totally representative of the whole punk. Of the them, punk or, them, or them. Them yeah. and the like, especially in like. 84 the, these years it's like yeah fuck you I don't, we don't care if you buy our records we're gonna do what we, we want to do we're gonna be as crazy and off-putting as wild and ridiculous as possible uh it's 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 cool it's it's cool and it, it's it's a fucking good album too like and then uh i would say uh negro observer is oh. like the most jello influenced vocal track dude gibby's voice is so wiggly it's so wiggly and also that introduces like Oh, we're just going to use a laugh track like an instrument. And that's something they do on other songs. These unconventional, like, bull. is it on this so album? I was going to bring it up uh, a second ago. Uh, Lady Sniff. <laughs> fucking. Oh, yeah. The spitting. He uses. Yeah. He uses. Like a, he spits. A hawk. He hawks a loogie rhythmically. That's. I've never heard that. Ever and since. <laughs> ever before. Yes. And then never, everything. Never since. Like. They, they uh the f- the first like artists that it was like noticeable to me where I realized they were like <laughs> using sounds in 
like harmony ways was mm-hmm. ODB. He does like a lot of like, oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. yeah like like he's crazy he's just crazy and yeah not that he was the first to do it so like ever since i was younger noticed like odb using these unconventional ways in rap music yeah let's just say uh, vocal techniques vocal techniques <laughs> so yeah the like the laugh tracks are hawking a loogie yeah. rhythmically i uh, i think is pretty neat but another thing about lady sniff and how much i fucking love that song it's not just him hawking a loogie that's it's fun it's his just the voice he uses in the song. Put on a little bit of Lady Sniff. And before you, before you play it, his voice, the way he's singing on it is, is fucking wild. But also, that's not even a riff. It's not even a riff, <laughs> but it comes across as one. Because there's a break in there where it's just the guitar. Mm. And you hear what he's playing. It's fucking nonsense. Yeah. It's just, but it, it, it works. It feels like a song. I, it, oh, God, I love this fucking band. This song feels like a parody of Texans to yeah. me. It's also very like That's ne- the riff, by the way. Another reason you would think I like butthole surfers is like this is very primacy. Very primacy. Here it Bird is. noises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is oh, I love it! This is a song for scumbags. It's so grimy! This is the most oily, fucking covered in mud song, dude. Yeah, this is like um, I like ZZ Top because they have like a sheen on them, but they're scumbags. You yeah. know, Lord take me downtown. I'm just looking for some touch. Oh goddamn right. Uh, they, and this is like, well, what if we did like a ZZ Top song, but we just like fully embrace yeah the the, the, the dirt. sleaze and yeah. the dirt. Uh, the song butthole surfer. Real fun, real messy, real punky. Uh, normal compared to shit like Lady Sniff. Um, I didn't care much for Cherub, at least this version of it. Cherub's like their most psychedelic yeah, song. It's pretty long. One. It's not that long is bad, but it, and it's it's actually kind of hypnotic. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if you sit there trying to pay attention to it, it gets it gets it wears on me. Um and I'm, and uh, by this album, another another important uh, progression. Gibby is taking over vocals full time. Oh yeah, uh, there's no more. Like Paul sings little bits on Mexican Caravan and Gary Floyd. Uh, one last fun fact: Gary Floyd. That is that was the lead singer of hardcore punk band The Dicks, also okay. from Texas. Uh, he was uh, a gigantic man, openly gay, very. Uh, bold <laughs> the dicks were fucking awesome good uh, good ass hardcore band um so i don't know the lyrics but obviously that song is about him and then uh before we move on i feel like cowboy bob is a epic song there's a lot of s- soundscapes going on there which one's that put on a little bit of that there's you know horns there's guitars there's some wacky vocals It's only three minutes, but it's very epic in my head. Mm. This is extremely accessible. I like, yeah. It gets weirder, but like, yeah, yeah I love this. It reminds me of Craftwork. Uh, uh, what was that? From their first album. God damn it. The first album? Craftwork 1? Yeah. Or I think it was just self titled. It had a, a silly German name. Oh yeah, all the the first like five albums had 
Title Hold German. on, this is gonna bother me. I've done it many times. Take your time. Uh, I didn't like it as much Ru- as the EP. It reminds me a lot of of a rucksack. Ruck, rucksack, rucksack. That's right. Uh work episode forty. That is a lengthy episode. That was a good. One. That was very fun. Um, most most of the bands I've I talk I. I love where we're at as a podcast because most bands I reference to, we've covered. We've covered, um, yeah, in extreme detail. Yeah, <laughs> extreme detail. Uh, I didn't like this album as much as the EP because, well, I mean, just what happens when you make something longer? There's more time uh, for it to to lose steam. There's more time for things to go wrong. This is my opinion, uh, but even more insane than the first, like way more insane. The experimental mm. stuff uh, doesn't land always for me, but it's always super fun. Yes. Uh, it's a good fucking album. It's a, it's a, I love this album a lot too. Um, but Alex's personal favorite. No. I, w- I would not buy every Butthole Surfers album, but this is one yeah, that I would. I agree. So now we're on to 1986's Rembrandt Pussy Horrors. And I promise this isn't Neil Young's Heart of Gold. I know. I thought the same thing. It's thought the exact same thing. Sounds like it's lifted. Also, another sorry. Another song. Can you restart it? It's Oh, you had it turned out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My bad. But the Charles Bradley version. Yeah. The song is great. Those fucking it's got pianos, it's got creepy ass strings, it's got silly ass gibby do- it's a great combination. That's I love a good it. Song. Yeah. Little little beef heart hold yeah. there. Yeah. I really do like Gibby's voice. It's like silly enough. There's a lot of range too. Yeah. Because you have like the. The like jello. Not that it's like exactly like jello. No, but it it quivers and it has the wiggliness. Yeah, jello's just a good jumping off point for that. But you have those, and then you have like his more like menacing, like crazy rants. Okay. So. I don't think it's as good as interesting as the previous album, but I think it's still a good album. Agreed. Uh, this one, I thought I was going to not like it after my first listen. I was like, Ooh, this is, this one's kind of rough. It doesn't stand out as much. No, but it's I, and I, good stuff. After I went back to it, uh, I still like it a lot. Uh, even crazier, even crazier, even crazier. This is considered more experimental yeah. because they're, using uh studio tape editing mm-hmm. sound modulation when they start doing that that is basically bottle servers at their most powerful yes. when they start doing the tape yeah the tape editing and stuff and, and the uh, samples or whatever it's so fucking crazy man yeah and a lot more instruments on here piano yeah. organ violin so uh this to me is kind of a, a growing album but uh, a lot of people like it and um American Woman. Oh. I, I, I think that's one of my least favorite classic rock Same, songs. I fucking hate that song. But I think because the industrial drum sound on there and the obnoxious vocals, it is. Listen to it. Listen, man. <laughs> they cover American Woman on here. It's barely a cover. It's fucking. It's. I guess it has a couple little things that you can kind of 
you know, connect the dots. But I'm those, not, so those, put, put on a little uh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> We're <laughs> like ranting and right. Ra- uh, <laughs> listeners need a taste. Those fucking dramas, man. Yep. So they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous sounding. I like it. I like. I don't like this cover that much or this song at all, but I like those drums a lot. Yeah, I. I think if you're like a butthole servers fan, though, like it's still a track you gotta listen to. Yeah. Cause yeah, you still got the obnoxious. Obnoxious. Ah. Dude, this is hilarious. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Okay. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about a little bit is the live stuff. The fact that they have two drummers. So Teresa, Teresa Nervosa or Teresa Taylor is her birth name. Uh, her government name. And uh, King Coffee. So two drummers already unorthodox and they didn't do two drummers in a way that's like it's not, j- jazzy or really impressive technically it's just crazy because for one they both stood up when playing yes it's not fairly obvious on all the recordings but when you see them live the power it's is fucking yes. awesome they're both real good for one to make you even more jealous that's why i saw them that was like the gimmick it was them and the melvins it was the it's right we're both two bands with two drummers when they were with big business yeah Yeah, so uh and then i didn't like i wasn't familiar with the surfers i didn't realize seeing them with Teresa was like a a big deal special treat she hadn't been there for many many years yeah Uh, i'm assuming that was around 2009 exactly i looked it up it was at one of the worst venues too and i think that's probably why where was it it was at uh is it called the novo or something oh it's in la live by the staples center it's supposed mm-hmm. to be part of you know staples center um or it was called club nokia oh and club it, nokia you think because it's shiny and new it's the shits it sounds awful in there uh, that's not the first time i've heard that yeah i saw mastodon there sounded awful mm-hmm the 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 sight line is is awful if you're not in the pit yeah fucking mm. stay home so sorry little rant no, there, no I, I understand uh so two drummers they both stand up when they play and i gotta say man from a live standpoint that alone is enough to be like what the fuck's happening here what's yes. happening here that's enough to grab your attention two standing drummers already i'm already sold and the funniest thing about that is back in the day uh they uh Teresa and, and coffee would pretend that they were siblings because they fucking looked exactly the same they looked exactly the same it's it, hilarious you honestly know, you know what i kind of liked about the dvd and i don't know if it was intentional is when they're laying in bed they all not just them but they all kind of look like they're related yeah it looks super inbred kind of like uh, yeah white white uh, rob zombie version of uh redneck serial killer type family yeah and then like she's like kind of butch looking yeah and then when gibby puts a bra on you get this like i don't know if it's intentional but you kind of get these like androgynous people yeah 
Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it's a weird, I don't like it. This fits into the weirdness that is the, yeah. the butthole surfers. I think everything they did was we're going to intend to do we're what we want to do. We're, we're just trying to freak we're you just out and do whatever the hell we want. And so Teresa and King coffee, like, so one thing about Teresa is that I didn't realize this until I was like reading a little bit about the band and it blew my fucking mind because I didn't realize it. Have you, you know, the movie slacker. Oh yeah. She's on the cover. She's on the cover. Yeah. And I, I remember watching that movie years back and like liking it a lot. It's like one of those cult indie films made in the eighties. That movie totally helped kick off the, uh, uh, side note. Um, the big wave of independent filmmaking, like you would not have your Kevin Smith's yeah. or came on 1990. Um, yeah, that movie really helped independent filmmaker. That whole wave of yeah. like Merrimack stuff really helped filmmakers be like, we can do this. The, the slacker. It's, uh, it's it, hardly a movie. It's kind of yeah. just following weirdos around Austin. Like the, uh, I was obsessed with clerks still kind of am. And that's how I found slacker years ago. And it's like, yeah, it, it fall. It's what it starts off with one person, one of the conversation, and it just turns to another person in the conversation. And it just does that person to person to person. And one of those people is Teresa from bottle service. And she's on the cover. Didn't even realize it was a girl until I saw yeah. the movie. Cause she's very, very androgynous looking. Yeah. And, uh, she had like this, her and coffee had the same hair. They wore the same little tiny John Lennon glasses yep. and they both played drum standing up. And it's so fucking entertaining to watch them go. Cause like it's powerful. It's almost like they're doing kettle drum shit. It's like, it's, it looks great. It's yeah. awesome. It sounds awesome. Yes. It's definitely one of those things that sounds better live. I think than it does on the studio. Uh, so back to the album, uh, kind of got sidetracked. Oh, <laughs> They do, more they do more crazy shit live, but like a little later on, mm-hmm. but, uh, here, uh, like w- w- other songs that I fucking love, uh, wait for Jimmy to kick. I, that is like one of the most paranoid songs ever. Mm-hmm. Strangely uh, scary, strangely driving actually. Yeah. If there's a fast tempo, but then they have like these creepy, like radio vocals yeah, yeah. over it and it, it just works. I really dig the the psychedelia in Whirling Hall of Knives. Whirling Hall of Knives, uh, Mark says, and in the cellar. Oh, Mark says all right. Yeah. Or sorry, yeah. Uh, Mark says all right, and in the cellar. Those are my three favorite songs on the album. Yeah. I so, I think they're fairly close together, right? Like, I believe so. But, I think, yeah, I think they're all back to back. Or oh yeah, like that. this that uh, one. I guess a one, three punch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seriously. I, I think that's like the highlight of the album for me. These, uh, these, these songs and a lot of this early stuff, it's really what bottle servers were fucking amazing at is creating these really, really disturbing experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Not super like, uh, take us seriously, like, like a throbbing gristle where we're going to talk about fucking horrible things in life and you're going to be scared by what we're talking about while also sounding creepy it's just sounding creepy mm-hmm. like there's like this weird kind of uh peppering of pardon the pardon uh <laughs> weird peppering of silliness on top of the most disturbing creepy sounds yeah so it's like it somehow that makes it more genuine when like they're not trying to scare you they just are scaring you yeah yeah I- uh, we're going to talk about the EP attached to this. Which one's that? The uh, cream corn from the sockets of Davis. I don't know if I, did what, I listen to that. Uh, it is the streaming version. This is attached 
to it, so that's why I bring it up. Does, uh, it, does, it, does it say it's attached to it on the streaming version? Uh, I don't think it says. I think it's this additional track. So when... Um, you know what? Show me what it looks like on, on yours. Just when so. Moving to Florida starts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it did here. Okay, so it ends before that. It ends at what? Mark says, all right? Uh... In the cellar is the oh, end the of the cell. album. Okay. And then when you get to moving in Florida, that's from uh EP called okay. Cream Corn from the Sockets of Davis. Okay. okay. Which Davis is uh Sammy Davis because he had a fake eye uh-huh. and they wanted to have an album cover of this cream corn spewing from his that's fucking ridiculous. But they they couldn't get the artwork right. So yeah. uh um moving to Florida is like if the water boy recorded a song. I think it is so annoying. It, yeah, it's, it's so annoying. It's I'm gonna throw that on. Fuck, man. I'm gonna move you down to Florida. Mama says the medulla amargada. And I'm gonna. I like girls and I like football too. Captain Insano. Man, we're fucking awful. How long is this song? It's pretty long. It's pretty long. I just wanted the yeah. I just wanted the water boy. Yeah, vocals. most of it is the those weird vocals. However, there's a part in there toward the end, uh, that like the toward the end of the section, like this little small last section where they go real fast and it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just another uh, incident where you can't really pick this band. Uh, what's the other one? Comb. Comb is fucking heavy. I Hell yeah. This band, surprisingly, isn't heavy that often. No, but, but when they are, oh. Comb, comb's great. They are the, fuck, they're like, they're as, I think they can be as, uh, as attributed to creating sludge as, yes. as the Melvins and, yeah. and Black Flag. Um, Aside from moving to Florida, I do like the rest of the EP. I yeah. like all of it. I like all of it. I like TP TP Parter and TP Parter uh, has some really cool like 1950s guitars. Yeah. And uh and Tornadoes like that one as well. Uh, I didn't realize that was a separate EP. Uh or else I would, would have noted it, but apparently I enjoyed That's that. That's uh, what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good album, but it's really hard to grab onto clearly because of all the experimental shit. The creep if you like creepiness and disturbing stuff and you're not immediately put off by What's I'm gonna say non-music. A lot of this is non-music. It's just psychedelia, but uh I w- I would say it's more musical than uh something else, but yeah, it's still pretty musical. It has actual songs like we, we literally put on some, but uh the highlights are still as high as ever. Uh mm-hmm. this is this band is very unique. I think some of the backstory of this album, I think they had it. They recorded this at the same time as um, Psychic Powerless and Le Man Sack. Yes, they recorded them too and at the same time and they were going to try to like they thought Alternative Tentacles would pick yeah. them up. And they Alternative Tentacles like sat on it for like a year, right? Yeah, there was some weird falling out between yeah. the parties. Which- so I didn't get a chance to read it because, uh, because I'm, I'm a... I'm a Freeloader. I was gonna borrow the the book "Our Bank Could Be Your Life" from my brother because he had it for many years. There's a, a very beefy chapter on the ball service. And if you go on Wikipedia and stuff, every single story is citing that book. Oh, okay. so everything comes from that book. And uh, I remember reading that chapter in high school instead of paying attention in class. And it's it's it it is fascinating. It's a great crazy history of the band. And uh, why the fuck did I bring that up? Um, was it about alternative tentacles? Probably so, falling out. That's that's where all the all these stories come from. And uh I think uh the the guy I wanna say the person who Jello set the 
you know, promised us, said I would pay you back the studio time if you, you know, mm-hmm. re- I'll reimburse you. That guy, um, oh, yeah, it's like he a held on to stuff too. Name like Big Bob, yeah, something. The uh, the boss, I think. Some, yeah, his name was the boss, and they called it Boss Studios. Uh, he held on. I don't know if it was was it this one that he held on to. I think he held on to this. I think and, he held on to a few things. Yeah, and then, uh, touch, touch and go picked touch them up. Touch and go. So, uh, the, the version that Alternative Tentacles was holding on to of this album is not the same track listing in order as the one that that we have now. Mm-hmm. So this is the one that Touch and Go put out. Uh, well, now now the Butthole Surfers control everything, right? right? They uh, they own all their. I hope so. Or mo- they, at least most of it. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure. I hope so. But uh, the version that's out now is not the original version. If that means anything to anybody, but uh, still good album, crazy stuff. Uh, it's it it, it kind of surprised me when I found out this this was recorded at the same time as the first album because mm. it sounds like it sounds like a, of a definite progression, like they're going toward oh, yeah. a thing. Uh, Either way, crazy. Uh, as if you couldn't figure that out by now. But now we are moving on to an album that they are very known for. Yes. Very known for. This is uh, 1987's Locust Abortion Technician. Daddy. Yes, son. We skipped a long intro. Because it's very long. Well, son, I had a friend who loved this album, and that was like my intro to, to regret the, something you have done than to regret something, something you haven't done. done. And by the way, if you see your mom this weekend, would you be sure and tell her, Satan, Satan, Satan. One of the best fucking covers of all time. I fuck, and it's not even a cover. It's kind of a cover. Cover-ish. <laughs> it sounds like someone who liked the riff. But can't like fully play it in time. Yeah. So this is the riff of Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath, as you could tell. This is called Sweet Loaf. The shit gets crazy. And that's about all we get of the the Black Sabbathness of the song. Like it goes back there a few times, but yeah. it's mostly like alternating between this fucking really pretty riff, a bunch of other crazy shit, and that one Black Sabbath riff. It's <laughs> the the most liberal take on a cover you really could do. I adore this. It's fun. It's a fun song. I love it. Okay. All right. Let's talk. I don't love this album. I hate you. Best personal favorite. Of course it uh, is. And and here's the thing. I didn't want it to be my personal favorite because mm-hmm. like this is the one that everyone talks about. Uh, but going back to it. Sometimes there's a reason, though. It Going back to this album, because I like this album a lot. As a teenager, I listen to this a lot as a teenager. And there is something about... It's like a perfect storm of the experimentation, the creepy, the really creepy... Uh, like I don't want to say sampling, but like you know, cunts for example, K U N T Z. They just take a full on Thai song and just leave it as is, but changing little parts to make it fucking weird, but also hilarious. That song is you know what I'm gonna do, right? You put a little bit, you put a little good. I've been waiting. This one of the funniest songs ever. Hilarious. It's a Thai song. And they just took a little part of it because it sounds like they're saying cunts. Oh, 
ยว่ามองดีดวงที่ทำไมมันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคันคอ and I like I like the song, honestly. Like the the original Thai song, like I like it. I fucking yeah. think it's it's fucking cool, and and it's it's both hilarious and creepy at the same time, which is just such a weirdly butthole surfers thing. Yeah, if you couldn't tell by the cover, this album is just driven by nightmare feel shit. Yeah. Um, Because I'm lazy, I don't know if there's a difference between the grave graveyards. There's slight difference, but it's but they're kind of the same song. Graveyard and USSA. USSA, yeah. Just that's pure nightmare, dude. Shit to me. USSA is fucking menacing. Put on that motherfucker, dude. Oh, this shit gives me goosebumps, man. I fucking love that. It's just. I want to hear this in a survival horror game as I'm being chased. Yeah, it'd be appropriate. Yeah. So here's the thing for anybody upset by this. Oh, fuck. It's yeah. It's noise. All right. It's noise. <laughs> I'm not gonna hide around the fact that it's just fucking noise, but it's noise that makes me feel a certain way. Sure. Uh, really not upsetting. It's just mm. like, fuck, man. This is weird. This is yeah. dark. This is dark. And then. There are moments of musicality, not as much as earlier albums, but you get uh, Pittsburgh to Lebanon, which is it's blues if it were made specifically for Mike because I don't like blues, but I, I love that song. I wrote that one. We've gone full Beefheart yeah. here. That is like uh, where they may have dabbled in it. That song wouldn't like if someone was like, "Oh yeah, that's a Beefheart cover." Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. It's super heavy. It's bluesy, but it is. Uh, just a uh, just a little little hint. Not a, what's the word? It's a little touch of nightmare. A little mm. touch of nightmare. And uh, oh my god, human human cannonball is uh, some more kraut rock vibes, but it turns into a punk song. It's human, crazy. Human cannonball is. Uh, I'm gonna go on record saying the easily the most accessible song on this album. It is the most song probably. Okay, and it's. Very catchy, very catchy, very cool. The guitar solo in the intro is glorious. I mm-hmm. it uh, Polyra is doing it's. I don't know if there's like a tremolo effect on there, so it sounds really wiggly. It's very uh, put on that you know just put on a little bit of it. <laughs> it's it's got a great intro. Uh, I like blacked out. What song? Were, I figured it. Yeah. Simply cunt Sonic. <laughs> Yeah, this like like very driving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Gibby's voice. His voice in here is great. And it's such a punk riff too. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the intro is eight fucking minutes long. Well, I'm gonna fast forward a little. I uh, know we're almost there. Okay. Right here. 
That is cool, right? Yeah. Oh, I love this. This intro just fucking... Oh, God damn. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, the song continues a, a lot more that Gibby sings. He sings. He's not just losing his mind. He actually sings on that song. Um, and then... Before, no, I don't want to get to the, the, the fucking climax of this album just yet. Whoa, wait. I... What do you consider the last track I come to? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, no, no. Yeah, go, go ahead. Uh, the Omen oh. is so chaotic. It's weird. It's hardly a song. Hardly. But it works for me. Really? That's, it works for me. Uh-huh. And I assume the Omen is what uh, King Diamond or Merciful Fate sounds like to normal people. Man, like, yeah. when normal people hear King Diamond shit, I assume it sounds like this song. And they were actually like parodying a metal band called the Omen, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why it sounds like that. But uh, yeah, I had that thought when I was like, "Oh yeah, like people who don't listen to weird stuff, if they hear King Diamond, yeah, it they would sounds think exactly what like we song. hear when we hear uh, the Omen." Uh, it's my it's my weakest weakest song in there for me. It's my least favorite on the on the album. But Gibby is a completely unhinged lunatic on there. To he's me, just gibber. He's just gibberishing. He's gibberishing all over the mic. To me, like this, it works because you know, based on the album cover, and they're called the Butthole Surfers. Like, there's a level of comedy to him, yeah. so it works to me more in that aspect. It, 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 yeah, for sure, it does. Um, and uh, like, oh man, hey, hey, H A Y. There's H E Y. Hey, from the first EP, which is a beautiful song. H A Y H A Y. Hey, on here is just completely it's just completely bad shit it's completely bad mm-hmm. shit uh but genuinely creepy and very cool sounding uh not a musical album by any stretch of the imagination but now i want to get to the the fucking greatest song ever made that is the sludgiest song they've 20, ever done 22 going on 23 is is a sludge masterpiece it the fact it came the fact that this is 1987 is mind blowing mm-hmm. it's uh disturbing it's creepy it's heavy it's pretty paul lear's guitar work on this whole album is phenomenal but on that song specifically it's fucking haunting and the the main uh the most notable thing about this the song is the 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 radio recording of a woman talking about uh, how she was sexually abused uh on a radio show and she's talking about her experience and it's like really like oh, oh fuck and then i hear more and then there's like a, an actual backstory to that uh so paul leary had the radio on one night and he it was some show whatever and then this woman get comes on she calls in and she starts telling the story and he felt compelled to just hit record and the what he thought as well as the band was like I don't believe this woman is telling any truth uh, because in the song, in the song and in the recording, she says, uh, I'm 22 going on 23. Well, she clearly sounds like an old woman. She sounds not at all like a woman in her 20s. So I don't think 22 year olds say I'm, I'm 22 going on 23. 23. Like it's something weird, an old person says. It's such a specific line. And yeah. that's why the song is called that because it struck him. He's like, this is really weird. I feel like. This is all made up, and then she calls in a lot. Waking mm-hmm. up, to, it's not like there's no truth to it. Like we don't know if if she was telling the truth or if she was sure. lying. But if you listen to it, either way, if if it the story is true that she's telling and she was sexually assaulted, it's fucking creepy. If 
if it's a person who's out of her mind and making up a story because so she's creepy. it's still <laughs> creepy. Everything about the song is completely perfect. It, they nailed everything they were trying to do. It's heavy. It's fucking powerful. It's really creepy. It's pretty. It's one of the my favorite songs maybe in the whole world. Yep. I really, really love that song. Uh, Outs- outside of all the the comedy and noise of this album, if I was only going to pick two songs for people to listen to off here, I would say Human Cannonball and 22 going on 23. As much as I love this album from beginning to end, and I think it's an experimental masterpiece, it's mm-hmm. one of the best experimental albums ever made in my opinion, I agree with those two songs. If you're going to listen to any two songs off this album, Human Cannibal and 22 going on 23. See, this because I don't love it doesn't mean we're not going to get along. I, know. I, just, I fucking love this album yeah. so much, dude. Because like I, like I said before, I liked it growing up. Mm-hmm. It was not my favorite. And now it's just like, oh, this is just bliss. I fucking, this is exactly what I'm into these days. And this part of my life yeah. this is exactly what I'm into. Uh, so obviously... You know, highly recommend it. Equal parts horrific and hilarious, and with some genuinely good songs sprinkled in there. Um, but it's time to move on. As much as I could talk about this album endlessly, it is time to move on to 1980s. Love this album title. Love this album title. It's one of my favorite album titles ever. 1988, Heroin to Steven. Soiled. This is their uh, quote-unquote tribute to Jimi Hendrix, this song here. It's called Jimi. Yeah. Yep. But I love that this is how, like, Gibby and Paul, in their head, this is what Hendrix sounds like. (laughs) It's not at all what Hendrix sounded like. (laughs) This song is amazing. So aside from Gibby's uh, slowed down vocals, this is a fucking rocket song. Yes, because yeah. it's it's for Jimmy. It's got it's for rocket. Jimmy, dude. It's for Jimmy. It's really long, too. Twelve minutes. But I think it's a perfect twelve minutes. Uh, it is. It, it sounds so repetitive right now that I thought it was going to be torture. It is not. It is not. It is wonderful. I love this song. And uh, actually, I want you because. To get a good example, I want to I wanna highlight this song. I want you to put on just three minutes in. Because three minutes in, it changes. Oh, well, and it becomes three. amazing in a different way. Uh, okay. Damn. What a fucking sludgy great riff. They are probably one of the most underrated guitar solo bands, Yeah, I think. Their solos, even if you think the rest of the song is a mess, like yeah. the solos are always very interesting to me. Holy is fantastic. And now, Alex, I want you to put on 7 minutes, 40 seconds. We're doing the... And this is what happens to the song over the course of 12 minutes. You got some acoustic guitars for the first time in their career. Acoustic guitars. If this part feels like it smashed on, but it 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 works. Yeah, it shouldn't, but it does. It's a beautiful riff too, and it sounds very clear. It sounds good. Also, I may get some flack for this. 
but sometimes I think their songs would work better as like instrumentals. Uh, I think that they definitely could. Mm-hmm. If crazy, ridiculous vocals bother you, because I'm able to just kind of put vocals like Gibby's. Yeah, in the you never care. They they never bother me. Uh, it's not that they bother me, but yeah, I don't know. But saying that, best I I'm glad you I'm glad you gave it something because this was my favorite growing up. This yeah. was this is the one that I thought was going to be my favorite. Still, it's a fucking amazing album, but it just parts of it. Uh, I felt my attention dipping. Also, I will say before this, you would think like this is not a band that needs to be playing acoustic guitars. They write some really cool acoustic guitar. Yeah. Like it's just another tool in their toolbox they can use. They're They're just good artists. They're just surprisingly the butthole surfers are just good artists. <laughs> it's this album. Uh, I think like I'm looking at the cover. I'm listening to the music. Ridiculous cover. Awful cover. In my opinion. <laughs> I'm like this. They are to rock music. What Ren and Stimpy is to cartoons. It's just all over the place. Grossness. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could tell people worked hard on yeah. it. But it's just really weird. Um, That's a, not a bad comparison at all. Uh, so we obviously dive the fuck into Jimmy. It's a great song. And then this the first half of this album is kind of fucking flawless, man. Dude, R- Ricky with the flamenco guitar parts. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's to uh, uh, Lucy and Ricky, Ricky. But uh, I would yeah. think with the guitar parts. Yeah. It's, uh, there's almost like metals yeah, and not in like a vomit inducing way, like bands, like is it mana or oh, mana? Yeah. It's not, it doesn't come across like Latin rock. It's no, no really cool. Like, uh, like the white stripes did with conquests. It's more like that. Uh, put on a little bit of that. This is like, it has a little bit of, it's a little rough around the edges with some like, you hear those crazy, you know, just sounds thrown in there. But aside from that, it's pretty straightforward. It's a fucking western ass riff right there. Yeah. This yeah. would be a beefy episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know I, if I, I want to get to like the full on aspects. Yeah, it, a, it does. It does pick up quite a bit though. Uh, I saw next week. Next we have a girl passing gas. I love that song so much. Really, it fell kind of flat to me. Ow. But the, you won't let you never let me fucking Sorry. finish. <laughs> there is some cool instrumentation. Uh-huh. I may come around on that song eventually because there are parts of it where I'm like. Oh, this is really cool, but this like the whole package does. I uh, that was my that song. I remember being so uh, blindsided by that when I first heard that as a as a teenager because it's first of all it's a fucking it's a, the the title sure is ridiculous, but the I mean it's a, just a well written great chord progressions. Uh, it's mostly acoustic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a full band, but it's acoustic guitars and. Uh, you know, put on put on that fucking song just because uh, the the main riff is just so damn so damn catchy. It had some uh, Husker Du vibes to it. 
some later who's good. I, I, I could definitely see that. Ten foot tall you could definitely hear the, the double drums in this song, too. Oh, yeah. Pearl, any band with two drummers, you're better off with headphones. Yeah. Walking down the hall, the dentist loomed through the door. Such a rock song. <laughs> I love it. Oh, good writing. Great writing. And then uh, as it goes on, you can really hear Paul Leary doing some fucking cool stuff. There, yeah, on for acoustic a, guitar there. Like a, what is that? Four or five minutes? For like a five minute song, there it's like a condensed prog rock song. There's yeah. a lot going on. Uh, I I don't I keep forgetting, I can't let myself forget. Because this is the last album with Teresa Nervosa or Taylor. Um, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, this is. The, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so before this, around 86, uh, I think around 86, that's when we get, uh, what's her fucking name? The Naked Dancer, Kathleen. Uh, fucking hold on. I'm Googling right now because I'm bad. I, at my job. I will say uh, Teresa, I think after leaving the band, suffered a aneurysm, aneurysm and, yeah. and had to undergo brain surgery. Um, being in a band like this with strobe lights probably isn't the best Not for that. Good, right? I'm glad she was, you know, able to recover yeah. and eventually rejoin the band. That's pretty fucking dark, man. Uh, Kathleen Lynch. So uh, she was a friend of uh, a brief, there was a brief stint, I think in 85 or 86 where, where Teresa left and they replaced her with another female standing drummer. Mm. Uh, I don't remember her name because I'm bad. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to fucking look it up because, uh, that's what we do here. Um, well, Mike's doing, doing that. that. Yeah. I really love uh, Johnny Smokes. It's, oh, Johnny Smokes. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's like a perverted, twisted version of a Dick Dale song. Yeah. yeah. So that the intro to that song is one of the funniest fucking things. It's, it's like a parody mm-hmm. of uh, rock singers talking about what the song is about and how it's about love and hate. And he's just going, he's just rambling, but it's fucking, it's if hilarious. It, if it wasn't obvious before that he's mentally deranged person, that song will really drive it home. Yeah. Uh, Rocky. This is some great acoustic bass. So, you don't hear that. All, you yeah. don't hear that sentence a lot, but uh, I really like, uh, I like Rocky. I don't like its placement on the album because it comes right after Johnny smoke, which is really long. It's pretty. It's like, extremely melodic mm-hmm. and after that i like just my brain wants to go like okay we did a long pretty thing go something heavy go something crazy and then rocky is even softer it's even mm. softer so it's like it's a good song that i feel just uh placed badly on the album the 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 replacement drummer for teresa during uh what, 80 86 was her name was cabbage the fuck that can't Damn. be your name all that time on the internet it is it's hold so- on uh, <laughs> oh yeah it was a fake name her they called her cabbage gomez jr her real name was uh uh keitha granat it's a weird spelling k-y-t-h-a so that replacement cabbage just call her cabbage fuck it uh she was friends with kathleen and uh brought her on to be the naked dancing lady on stage uh they call her like the tara the shit lady was another nickname they had for her mm-hmm. uh which is 
I mean, it's very butthole surface. And she would do just that. She would just be on stage dancing naked while the band did all the crazy shit. Uh, I, there was a lot of um, really specific stories in our Bank of Your Life. Uh, I don't remember them specifically, but I know it got gnarly. Like, fucking, oh, what the hell are they doing? Kind of stuff. Hilarious. Great stuff. Uh, just one other uh, notch in the spectacle that was Butthole Surfers shows. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to get to that before because eventually, uh, obviously, this, Teresa came back. Yeah. Uh, so, And this was her last album. And I don't know when... They, I think... The, the naked dancing lady left like around 89, something like that. But around here is when, you know, the, the peak, peak butthole surfersness of everything. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Keep, keep talking about the album. I, I, back just, ass. Back ass. Hell yeah. Good song. Good song. That's like, it feels like uh, they kind of abandoned psychedelia, but back ass is. No, sir. not quite just yet, but for the most part, this is their first music album, for lack of a better term. Yeah, to me, this album kind of uh, hits the sweet spot of uh, both worlds that Butthole Surfers lives in. It's the most successful. This album, I think, is the the first one where they uh, had the songs completed and then went to the studio to record them. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, they would just sort of dick around in the studio, experiment. And that's why it's so, and that's why it's so accessible for one, and so I don't want to say normal, but kind of normal sounding. Yes, uh, they continue this for the rest of their career, and I think it was the the longest. What did Pink uh, Pinkus the the longest oh, bass yeah. player they had? What's his name? Yeah, Jeff Pinkus. Jeff Pinkus, who would uh, do stuff with the Melvins. Sure would. And- uh, Pinkus abortion technician, I think is Watch the name of a reference to yep. a bottle service album. Um, he said that he thought that this move to record that way was a very bad and it would lead to the downfall. Mm. And so this is like, first of all, it's the most musical album they've ever done. Uh, and it has just enough weird to still be very butthole surfers. You got to start with this album. Like if you, if you, if you're really nervous, not nervous, if you're really like questioning whether or not you like this band, if this album has to be the one, because the the EP, the first EP is a good representation, but here is a lot more musical. Here is a Mm -hmm. lot more to grab onto. Uh, but there's there's still whack like wonkiness to it. Like I hate Julio Iglesias. I hate that song. I like not, not the artist. I mean, I don't care about the I like, artist. But I like Julio because uh, you brought up earlier. They have some like big band elements, and to me, uh, there's parts of Julio where it's like, what if we took these big band elements and mixed them with noise? Uh, the, Julio Iglesias reminds me more of rockabilly. It's just oh yeah yeah. yeah it's it just for sure it does. It doesn't even feel that uh like weird like it feels like regular rockabilly just slightly sillier like slightly sillier with regular some noise rock- elements like a little like yeah. the touch of it uh overall i don't care for it and the song fast i like the guitars in there it's very wacky very crazy sounding guitars but a pretty weak album closer if you're if you're judging by the whole thing um beginning now okay uh but aside from that great album still like it still like it a lot it's great show is but man we have a lot of albums left and we all right it's gonna be a long episode it's okay it's okay it's okay okay. what are what are we at right now we are at an hour 10 oh we can let's let's, we can get this under two okay so now let's move on to 
1991's, uh, it's pronounced P-O'd, but it's spelled like a word. P-I-O-U-H-G-D. P-O'd. 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 1991. I knew he would do something. Very odd. Very odd. Very odd. Very odd. You know what? I didn't have it in my notes, and maybe I'm just coming around on it. This is a good song. It's not a bad song. It's a good song. It's not a bad song, yeah. So it's fairly straightforward. Surprisingly, fairly so, straightforward. So after that, you get Revolution Two, and I feel like before they were like a weird band with heavy metal elements. Now I feel like they're an alt rock band with weird elements. Revolution Part Two, I think, is it's long and repetitive, but I think it's real, real catchy. Also, uh, this is my least favorite. Least favorite. I don't blame you. It's not a good album. Uh, I, I, I do like Revolution Part 2, but that's about it. I can see why it has its fans like um, Lonesome Bulldog. They've dabbled in some country, but that's the first like, oh, my God, blown like full blown country song. Hold on. If we're going to talk about Lonesome Bulldog, we have to address that. So first of all, I didn't like the song when yeah. it came on. I It's like, OK, they're, they're dabbling with country Western, but it sounds more like like parody country, not even like, it's not yeah. real country sounds like, it's just like what someone who's never heard country thinks country sounds like. It's like jokey and stuff. And then uh, it ends. I'm like, okay, I, I don't like this song. And then it comes on again immediately after I thought, Oh, they're doing the thing where they connect it. They add a, the same song for like 30 seconds after. And then they do that two more times. This song mm-hmm. is on the album four times. The worst song in the album, in my opinion is on the album four times. <laughs> It, man i I, then, I was flabbergasted <laughs> and then they have what i think is the worst cover song the hurdy-gurdy man it's surprisingly oh. straightforward it feels like the only troll element is like oh there's a reverb on the vocals i like what the if, vocal effect what if we turned it all the way up that's I, the only element that's really different honestly i like i really dig the vocal effect on the hurdy-gurdy man mm-hmm. uh but this, the song is still like super long and it's like why it's not that not different doing anything yeah um golden showers to me is a ridiculous elo song it's boring saxophony silliness mm-hmm. I hate it uh B- blind man is the first song that i well i guess revolution part one uh i think blind man is one of the few good songs mm-hmm. on the album and then uh psy best song on the album I it's twelve it's twelve minutes of psychedelia. I thought it was inexcusable. Here's the thing: that song, like they've been playing that live for forever. Like forever. It's on the D, it's on the DVD. It's on the DVD. We didn't talk about that, by the way. No, that, we that, didn't. What year? There's a few different. I think it's performances. 85, 86. Yeah, and there's also because before Logos Abortion Technician for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a uh, like some snippets of like '83 where Gibby is like a normal guy trying to plead with the audience, and it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, really sad. And those performances are so fucking chaotic, so cr- crazy. They have a performance of uh, PSY on there, and it's long and crazy and very entertaining. Uh, 
I don't remember. I don't remember which song it is, but like didn't translate to the album though. No, no, not this version. Anyway. And it's pro- it's produced really oddly too. But on on the on the live record on the the, the fucking footage, uh, it's not Pinkest. It's a different bass player they had yeah. at the time. At one point, he just leaves the stage and comes back with a tuba, and like. I swear, man, if I saw someone do that in real life, I would be an immediate fan. If someone just left the stage and came back with a tuba, God but, damn this. They were really fucking entertaining. I don't um, know if they still do. The The Roots used to play with a guy and they called him uh, Tuba Gooding Jr. That's, that's a great name. It's a great name. Uh, and then also on this, uh, the Widowmaker EP is attached right. to it. That came and, out before the album did, right? Yes, but here it's tacked on at yeah. the end and really the only song i cared for off that was helicopter really i actually liked well i didn't love it but i like bong song it's okay uh i i do like uh the fucking crazy double pedalness of booze tobacco dope pussy cars which is a great song title honestly i'm gonna need yeah i'm gonna need a re-listen it's to that. just the, all double pedals the ep is a little stronger than yeah. the than the album so uh, uh yeah the the craziness of no i'm iron man no i'm iron man well, well i think it's a great song title does nothing for me yeah i hate some i hate the song something mm-hmm. uh really man like i, I it's funny because i'm looking at my notes and i see my my realization of every time another version of lonesome bulldog comes on yeah and it's just like lot. did this song really warrant a continuation track <laughs> uh there's a third Lonesome Bulldog? There's a fourth. A fourth Lonesome Bulldog, huh? <laughs> like, in all caps. This, huh? <laughs> Fuck. I, this is generally a pretty not liked album, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, even the band doesn't like this, uh, as far as I know. But, you know, I could see how there could be fans of it. Yeah, it's not... I think it's pretty bad, but I like... Don't, obviously, I, I gave it least favorite. I don't think it's like a a mess it's just not something i want to come back to i'm not going to come back to it i do still like revolution part two though i think it's neat uh like the curricula because there's still some craziness on here they're, mm. they're way more straightforward now but there's still craziness the craziness on here isn't disturbing or funny it's just yeah. boring it's just boring that's a good way to put it yeah so not for me uh not for definitely not for alex and probably not for most people um but let's move on to there very quickly becoming a very different band. This is 1993's Independent Warm Saloon. Fresh on a major label. Should I fast forward this a little? Or? Uh, if it takes too long, yeah. Uh, no, I think we'll be fine. This was one of the songs where I was like, I know this song. I just didn't know it was Butthole Surfers. I have some of those, but not, not this one. I knew this was Butthole Surfers, only because of Beavis and Butthead. This song was on Beavis and Butthead. It's so weird. I realized, like, shit, I was playing this song in Guitar Hero, and I just, like, didn't... <laughs> like, I was never like, oh, it's by the butthole. Yeah. I was just fucking playing it in Guitar Hero yeah. all the time. You know who produced this album? Who's that? John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin. What the fuck? What? so weird so this is a totally different band now completely different band and i think it's fun like well i'll get into the music but i think going in this direction is totally fine if that's what they if that's what they wanted yeah god bless them 
This is a way better album too. Oh than, yeah. Than the uh, oh way better. Give me sounds great here. Yeah. Very guitar hero appropriate. That's song. right. I remember a guitar hero. I'm not remembering any guitar hero. Okay. So I yeah I I it's very straightforward. It's very rocking. Now there's this elements of weirdness peppered in. I th- I think it's a good album. It's a though. pretty good album. Well, so one thing you're, I, for, I you're, you're not don't come here for what we were talking about. No, you no. will be disappointed. This is, and and vice versa. If you want something more straightforward, don't go to the early stuff. But one thing I forgot to mention on the last album is that because Teresa's not there, it's just King Coffee. Yes. And those drums sounded like really bad Casio keyboard drums, mm-hmm. like for lack of a better term, like a, like a really bad cheap drum machine. Here. Uh, it's just coffee, but it sounds great. It sounds produced oh, like yeah. professionally because it fucking is. Yeah, they're on a major label. They bought in John Paul Jones. Yeah. It better sound fucking yeah. it better sound good. It sounds great. It's solid and frightening, frighteningly normal, but that's it not works. A bad, it's not a bad thing. It fucking works. What really fucking made this not great for me is just how goddamn long the album is. You know, it's long, but I I don't think it's a detriment. It's an hour, it's like an hour seven, maybe a little bit less. Um, Twas uh, the twilight of or not twilight, but the rise of the CDs. So. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what came to mind when I looked at how long it was. Is because every rock album in the nineties was like an hour plus, and like mm-hmm. that's not good for albums, especially albums where this isn't like full-on concept album, them trying new things and things shifting halfway through and becoming something else. It's just rock song after rock song after rock song for a fucking hour. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much anyone can really do that. Like, it's cool. And like, my attention is fully there for the first half. And the second half, I'm like, I, God damn, I've heard this already on this album. I think it's funny. They have a song called The Annoying Song and it's not even one of the most top 10 annoying butthole I, surface songs. I literally said the annoying song is ironically not even close to the most annoying yes. butthole surface song. Uh, I don't, I don't care for it, but it's still, it's like not that bad. If, if you want some of that older butthole surface stuff, clean it up is the gro- like grossest song they have on the album. Oh, I like it a lot. It's no, a, it's good. It's the last song, I, right? I'm, yeah, I'm using gross in like an endearing way here. Yeah, it's a chaotic sludgy mess. It's very cool. And it's the only kind of classic butthole surface sounding song. And then I thought uh, Dog Inside Your Body is interesting because it made me think of Honey Bucket from the Melvins. And Honey Bucket came out the same year as this album. So That's it's right, like 93. A, a weird like uh, mm. coincidence there. I actually do like... a. Uh, the wooden song it's that, very beatlesy strong ro- strong ballad like a folk song with shredding in it it's good i like it uh and as a whole aside from gibby's voice this is pretty much unrecognizable as as about all servers mm-hmm. like even paul leary's guitar playing is is become very straightforward he's doing regular rock licks now he's mm-hmm. not doing these these crazy little wiggly uh east bay ray style surf guitar leads and stuff um Dancing Fool, that's his best solo on the album. That is a cool song. That is a very cool song. Uh, 
and and it's nothing deeper or anything special, but I do like strawberry a lot too. Uh, the 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 low points and what really got to me after a, a while is fucking Dust Devil. I feel like it was kind of pushing it yeah, long. It's, it's yeah. just it's just really doing it's doing nothing except hammering on the same riff for an hour. Um, with some dicking around by Leary, uh, leave me alone. I think is completely unnecessary. Uh, and the ballad of naked man, naked man is a neat banjo novelty song. Not for six, six fucking minutes though. <laughs> like, man, I, I'll never understand that. <laughs> oh man. No, um, ballad of naked man did not get on my nerves like that. I thought it's a nice little twangy it's, song. It's nice. Honestly, I think it would even work better if it was placed earlier on the album because mm. it's a nice palate cleanser. Uh, but there's not a lot of meat to unpack on this one. It's very straight, very straightforward. The most straightforward they've ever been uh, until uh, up to this point. But it works. It works. I would not be mad if someone put this on. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would be like, okay. Fuck it's not that. my favorite bottle server zone, but all right. I we're, dig, I dig some of this. We're going to hear some shredding at least. So Hell yeah. Um, and this is like, I mean, clearly if they were on MTV and Beavis and Buddy, this is when they start picking up a little bit of, little bit of 90s rock steam. A little bit. A little bit. They never, they never got a lot of it. But they got. I think they did. But even then, we'll get to it. Let's get to it right now. Actually, this is uh, 1996's Electric Larry Land. Another great album title, by the way. It's funny, real quick, that the uh, Hairway. Hairway to Steven. And then they ended up working with. Yeah, that's just true. A parody of. Uh, like, they could have had heaven. no idea they would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, clearly. So, Electrically, Larry Land. Yeah. And if you didn't like the last album, this is not going to win you over. No, no. It's more of the last album, but I think done better. In, in areas, done better. Whoa, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, here we go. I think it's a good album. I just think yeah. the last one's stronger. Okay. It's a fun, angry, alt-rock yeah. song. Yeah. And I'm going to continue our trend of playing a second song because the other... I didn't realize Pepper was a butthole surface song. I thought it was like Cake or some very like dude, 90s band. You just took it out of my brain, dude. And I'm assuming if me and Mike didn't know, other people didn't. Yeah, there's no way you knew this was Butthole Surfers so unless you're a fan. <laughs> it is like one of the most 90s songs ever. Here we go. Sorry. Sorry. Here we go. For real this time. I really like, I love this I song. I love this song. The guitars are... So nostalgic to me, dude. It feels good. It feels great. First of all, what the fuck is this? It sounds... And then he's going to start talking and you're like, yeah, this is Cake or like the new Radicals yeah. or... It's very like Beck, Dust Brothers, very Beck. I remember this song so vividly from my childhood, not having having no idea what Girl Surfers. Yes. Fuck man, so many memories. I kind of want to get to the main chorus because 
Because that's the part where you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Gibby has never been more tame. Never. God, that's a good song. So that like exploded them, but yeah. because they're called the butthole service, yeah. some people wouldn't, or they would just call them BS. Oh, really? Yeah, they would say this by BS. Fuck, man. I, I was r- really pleasantly surprised that that song was on here and i couldn't i couldn't believe that it was but i mean i'm still i'm still kind of floored by it dude we over here in uh southern california los angeles Angeles. um we just got off a brutal heat wave i think we're over we're just back to normal disgusting heat yeah and there was one day i was driving around listening to it and that song came on and it was just i've never seen the music video for it but i felt like what was going on around me just being disgustingly hot people wearing masks just walking around like this is normal i'm like this really like feels like it could have been the music video for yeah if this felt so right yeah and yeah and it has that super 90s trip-hop rhythm section mm -hmm. which like They've first of all never done before. I never would have saw it coming no, ever. No, it doesn't. It seems so off-brand for bottle service. Yeah, even after the last album, it's it's out of nowhere. Left field. Uh, but now that we got that out of the way, uh, I like cough syrup a lot. I don't know cough why. Cough syrup's it's, a good fucking song. It's not special, but it's fuck. It's just a good. It's a good song. It's, it's a good a, fucking song. And that that outro with those strings is fucking gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, I do dig uh, Thermidor a lot. And fucking jingle of the dog's collar or jingle of a dog's collar. It is strangely endearing. Strangely endearing. Uh, Gibby reminds me of Frank Zappa on that song. Okay. It's the way the way he's singing it. Uh, and then I'm not going to let you because uh, I want to do this. My brother's wife. Oh, <laughs> God damn. It's tame by butthole standards. This is but great. still pretty psychedelic. Good drumming on there. Yeah. If, I don't know if they've ever done that song live with. Teresa, but if uh-huh. they have, I think that, that sound killer mm-hmm. live. I actually kind of like TV Star. It's super. It's just a total pop song, mm-hmm. but I like the lap steel they got in there. It's very nice. It's just, it's just nice. So a lot of this album is. I never thought I'd be using those words to describe the bottle. It's comforting. Yeah, it's, it's like a blanket. It just, it just feels good. Uh-huh. Uh, the Lord is a monkey. Pretty cool track. Uh, it's got some cool noisy parts, but for the most part, it reminds me of like a bad pepper where he's like talk singing, mm-hmm. rapping, kind of semi-rapping, talk singing. And then I think the most chill, laid back, butthole surfer song ever. Let's talk about cars. Dude, I don't know what is happening with all that French. There's just two it's, French people talking. It's like you could you could throw that on when a, a girl is over and be fine. Got to be a very specific kind of girl, to yeah. be honest. Like, I don't know. I I can do without it on this album, mm-hmm. but I don't hate it on its own. It just doesn't make like it makes no sense. It's just yeah. why are the, there's a French conversation with some spaciness behind it. What's happening here? Yeah, why is this going on? Uh, I also dig space. Space is good. This song is not bad. It's uh, the place. Sure is. <laughs> there's nothing outstanding here. It's very standard '90s rock. Uh, pretty big departure stylistically, but it's not bad. Also, I like pacing on here too, and I I think I I prefer it. Over the last one, independent warm. Over independent warm because one, a little bit shorter. It's 
not a lot of it shorter. It's like 50 <laughs> minutes. Uh, it's still too long. I think it just, it's paced better. There's more stylistic changes that out of nowhere, trip hop, hip hop sounding rhythm section. I don't generally love that, but the fact that it's thrown in on here helps to spice it up. I like that. I, uh, I think independent worms, the stronger album, but I totally get how pepper cough syrup and jingle of dogs collar could put this over the top for other people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it seems it sounded like they're, they're pretty much getting normal with every consecutive album. And it's, it's so weird how like they've never been bigger than after this yeah. album. Yeah. And they didn't, well, they didn't stop, but they just like figured out it, they didn't put out any albums to like capitalize yeah. on it. So. That's a, I don't, you don't know any, no insight as to why. No, I just, didn't. Yeah. I just stopped kind of. I, oh, I know he did, uh, that project P who, uh, Gibby with flea, like a super group with flea and some other people. Uh, this is called P. Uh huh. And then that kind of, the sounds like, where they've been at where the they still like toured and did stuff mm -hmm. but it sounds like for the most and i'm talking about them like they're over we still got one more album but yeah say one more. but like from here on out it this sounds like they're kind of more interested in doing other bands they they do seem that way uh when paul leary was talking about how they wanted to do another bottle record he's like yeah we're all really busy with our own things i mean we have to see if it lines up kind of mm -hmm. it's like yeah it's it's more like it seemed as though from that interview that he was more interested in that butthole service should have another album more yes. than he wanted to do another album. Also, I believe it was him. He does not like touring anymore. Right? Really? Uh, it might have been Gibby, but one of them was like, they're like, I'm, I'm done touring. It's they're old the men. They're old yeah. men. And they but really went nuts in the, in the I, early days too i feel like if they play shows i could see them doing like festivals because that's mm -hmm. like one and done you're not on the road yeah but uh we're moving on to a few years later there's a little bit like like alex said no capitalization on the the success they got from this album none being on letterman and yeah that shit but now we're at the very final album uh, uh here we go 2001's weird revolution This kind of like made me think of Suicide, how yeah. like Suicide came out of nowhere with like some hip hop influence. That's exactly what I thought of. Exactly what I thought of. So you got like the Gibby rambling, but yeah. not the uh, not, not the, the music. Yeah. yeah. Also, his voice on here, I'll, I'll mention that because I forgot to mention it earlier. Uh, the song pretty much does this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so on that track, he sounds like he's talking through uh, a megaphone, which Bottle Surfers pioneered that megaphone. Yeah, stuff we didn't for, really get into that. I, there's so much about this band that we're clearly going to miss some stuff. But like, uh, Gibby definitely. Uh, pioneered the the using a megaphone as a microphone, and uh, I remember seeing or reading an interview later on because Fleming Lips really oh, took yeah. a hold of that. Uh, what's his name? Um, Kurt Wayne. Wayne. Why did I think his name was Kurt? Um, I'm thinking of Meat Puppets. Uh, Wayne 
uh, Gretzky, he took that <laughs> and obviously Flaming Lips are wildly successful. And I think giving me like a, a passive aggressive comment at one point, like, you know, I'm just saying, you know, he's, we didn't. I thought to, they were friends. Like I'm, sh- I'm sure it was like an intended, like uh, yeah, yeah. A, a, a jab, like specifically it was yeah, not like a bad. Cause the, I think the Flaming Lips are pretty open about how the butthole yeah. surfers. You gotta be, them. you gotta be. Yeah. Uh, but Gibby started that for sure. Even Mike Patton does a lot of mega, not megaphone per se, but he does like a lot of like, uh, cop, the, uh, yeah. cop radio kind of, Stuff in, in lieu of microphones. Uh, however, Word. same time, uh, well, you already said, you already said, worse by a fucking so much. This one, I was, I thought, I thought PO'd was going to be the worst. I was con- so did I. convinced PO'd was the worst. And then this comes in and I was like, Wait, what? How did they get, how did they become this band? What it's you heard like, in that opening track is the whole album pretty pr- much. Pretty much. Like, uh also much like suicide they've kind of set themselves up as a band who could do anything but it's like this isn't this isn't it it doesn't it doesn't work like like you have something like venus which I, yeah like if the beastie boys did it I that'd th- be fucking great like venus isn't that bad but it's still it's still pretty cringy by the standards of what these guys do mm. and here's what, what, what came to uh, a thought that i that came to mind was you said that it, it brought up thoughts of uh suicide's last album mm-hmm. episode 51 uh and i thought the same thing and how we didn't really hate that last suicide album it was like hip-hoppy and weird but it was like kind of quirky and, and okay yeah here's the thing an average suicide album is a horrible butthole surfers album. <laughs> like what we've come to expect and, and appreciate from this band is so much more diverse and, and kind of crazy and chaotic and melodic in a lot of places that this is like, why'd you do this? To me, it's just like, it's, it's not it. It, it misses, it misses it. Um, like I said before, I'm not going to tell them like, Oh, I don't have this idea in my head. Like this is what the butthole surfers are because whenever you think that they, they change it on you as it should. So it's just like, it was just a mess. I don't think there's any, like, uh, I don't think this album was done with bad intentions. No, no. Um, just most of it just doesn't fucking land. Like one of the weirdest things is shit like that, because that is Beck meets Beefheart, And those two things don't belong together. Apparently not. Cause it, it's not great. It, no, I will say the things that I did appreciate, um, get down is okay. Get down. Sounds like word up. Oh, uh, wait, word up. So tell me what's the oh, word, f- the word up. Oh, that word, that word. Yeah, definitely kind of has that. To also, it. corn cover that. We haven't talked about corn in a while, so corn cover that. Holy shit, really? Yeah, oh my god. Uh, in the music video, they have their faces uh, CGI'd on Chihuahua bodies. Wait, that's wasn't that? Where's your head at? Uh, where's that your head? Monkeys. It was monkeys. Monkeys. The corn video. They're they're walking around as Chihuahuas. Fucking so stupid. Cameos word up. My God, uh, whatever. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, Jet Fighter, I thought wasn't the worst. Still kind of bad, mm-hmm. but it, there's like some kind of there's something to grab onto compared to the rest of the album. And honestly, like every song has that really bad trip hoppy electronic rhythm section. The the only song I I like 
on here is uh, The Last Astronaut. And really? It sounds nothing like any butthole surface thing. It doesn't. But it's, I, not, it's not bad. It's not the worst. Yeah, I just think it's a solid trip hop song. So that's that's the thing. Like every song has that trip hopness to it. And I think if it wasn't for that fucking rhythm section, I would really love uh, Yentel. Mm. It's really spacey, really meditative, kind of pretty, but in a weirdly dark way. And those drums just are so fucking distracted. Like, why are you trying to make this groovy? This is not groovy. Like, yeah. you're make this music is really like soothing well, and, and really kind of. We don't know. we skipped over it, but I think one of the most confusing songs is Dracula from Houston. Like, how do you make a more '90s sounding song? You know what I wrote? I wrote down for that song. I said, "What in God's name is this Chumbawamba bullshit?" They it, made a more '90s song than Pepper. Somehow, they made, somehow, it, <laughs> somehow, uh, it, that song completely upset me. Completely upset me. And then when I, as soon as I knew that this would be the worst album, was track two. Shame of life. What the fuck is happening? It's not good. Put on a little bit of shame of life. Because I want you, everyone listening and watching to remember, remember the stuff off of Locust Abortion Technician and uh the first album. And then listen to this. I love the girls and the money and the shame of life. What the fuck, dude? Why? See, my thing is, like, even if it was, like, this, this is, like, a bad Mike Patton song. Yeah, he does have that low kind of speaking. Yeah, the the more electronic stuff he's done with, like, Dan the Automator. And he peeping Tom and stuff. Yeah. Which, which honestly isn't bad, like. Because that's what did it for me. Like, even in the turn of like the music they're working with it's still it's not good exactly even even if they're playing by those rules it still mm-hmm. doesn't do much and i i thought like i can't i gotta be just tired because i listened to this when i was like it was pretty late at night i guess i was tired i was like this is fucking horrible and i went back to like the one before this where uh, i liked it but i was i was still pretty like disappointed compared to the early stuff i was like no this these are good songs compared to bad songs. Mm-hmm. If you're comparing this album to any of the other albums, it's just just objectively badly written, weirdly performed, strange just strange strange the genre choice is just so strange. It's uh it's funny how a weird band can make still make a weird choice. I know. It's this album it's truly an abomination on a fascinating <laughs> and endlessly creative career. I, any moments I, that I enjoyed in this album, I feel like were accidents. Um, I said last astronaut worked for me. Yeah. And then it's not even a great song, but uh, intelligent guy is like the heaviest song on that. But that doesn't make it a good song. Yeah. It's just yeah. A lot of this, like even with Venus, like I, I noted that I kind of like it, but I didn't. It's just mm. kind of okay compared to the other. Yes. Like, yeah. Compared to, uh, relatively low bar yeah it bad bad taste ending the the career with this album i could see why they would like to like the thought of doing yeah yeah because really anything could be better than this they want they need a uh tribe called quest thank you for your service album some yeah come back fix it this walk away and but honestly I with how much good that they've done, I don't even think they need to like that's true. Those that 
those early fucking six albums or whatever, like they were amazing. He's so creative, so fascinating, uh, and unpredictable that you got nothing to prove. Mm, at this that's point. true. That's true too. Shouldn't have had those uh, egg McMuffins. Those are the bad choice. Oh, crashing, crashing. I mean, th- this was a long one. I'm surprised they took this long to kick in. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> but I say let's uh, let's do a recap now that we're finally at the end. Let me uh, change you, our little back. You've drop you've quick. ruined me. I've gone from just giving out awards to two albums to now i give awards to four albums yeah you do so for me recap personal psychic powerless another man's sack uh best hairway to steven least favorite po'd and then worst uh weird revolution for me Best personal favorite, Locust Abortion Technician. It is the one that people usually cite, but it is, man, like as far as experimental album goes, I'm not an experimental music kind of guy. I like things that have experimental elements. I'm a big Swans guy. Most people would be very off put to, to learn that the song The Seer is 30 fucking minutes long, <laughs> and there's plenty of memes about that. Uh, but I generally don't care for things that are straight experimental, except for this album and Disco Volante by Mr. Bungle, which both changed my fucking life. Uh, and then uh, Worst, Weird Revolution. I mean, as much as I love parts of this band and hate parts of this band, those two are just like the absolute peaks of both. There, there's there's no reason. Like, there's reasons to listen to every other album. There's no reason to. Uh- exactly. But thank you so much for listening and watching. This is a beefy fucking episode. I, I was... More excited to go to this band than than many others for some reason. It's like it's a band that is is so both beloved and underrated, which is an oxymoron. But like, I don't hear them talked about very much. It's a uh, cult, cult band, cult band through and through. But uh, a fucking fantastic one. But thank you for yeah, like thank you for listening and watching. And if you want to support us, which I am sure you do after that entire episode, you can follow us on YouTube. Fucking. Sp- Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, whatever. Uh, tell a friend if you want to, you know, spread the word a little bit. We we post, I post clips on Instagram. You can fucking send those to your friends, or don't send clips to us to your friends. That's probably weird. But do follow me on Instagram either way at Pope Joseph Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture. We will be posting every fucking week who we're currently covering, uh, so you can be a part. If you uh, want to send us emails, DMs, any thoughts on that artist, we can read it on the pod. If you know, if it suits everything uh and of course there just should be a spotify playlist in the description of wherever you're listening or watching also i feel like because we're fucking up so bad i think we could announce who we're covering next week if people want to send it in and it would line up uh that is true because we we used to record these very much in advance oh we used to be responsible dude (laughs) we we had like a month in advance but now we have None in advance. We we life happens and stuff, and we fall behind. And yeah. but next week we'll be covering fucking Fugazi. Fugazi, Fugazi, yeah. So much of my being has been built up to covering Fugazi. Has it? So much of myself is in Fugazi. I am Fugazi, Alex. <laughs> uh, and the only reason why we're covering it. It's not early. We've been. It's episode fifty-four right now. It's not early, but 
I always felt like that they need to be like episode 150 or something like oh, something okay. something big. But they were finally requested by someone. Uh, so it's Mike, gotta be Mike has very particular ideas about numbers. I'm and, obsessed and with visions. Yes. I'm also super autistic. I'm not autistic, <laughs> but I've been told that I have autistic tendencies. Uh, I'm a weird guy. Let's move on from that. But we'll be covering Fugazi. If you want to send us any emails, uh, every album ever at gmail.com uh, or DMs to Alex or myself, you can do that. It should be a very fun one. But uh, until then, thank you so much for all the support and listening and watching and fucking sending us emails and messages and supporting and telling your friends. I know everybody's people have been helping us spread the word and it's very fucking awesome and flattering. But also, I'll talk to uh, an acquaintance here and there and uh, they'll be like, what are you up to? I'm like working on a podcast and they'll be like, sweet, I need to check that out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So another uh, interesting development development of such a douchey way to word that uh, i've been i've been streaming on twitch a lot with a buddy of ours john bowers and and people who like who people who keep following the twitch channel and watch us they now they're fucking podcast listeners and we we got weird crossover audience i love it well when you have weird eclectic interests you're gonna get some crazy eclectic crossover if uh this because i'm gonna plug myself i think i'm gonna make an appearance on the twitch september fourth oh yeah i'm gonna be doing everything i can pretending i'm a superman oh tony hawk we're gonna be streaming tony hawk uh the twitch channel is called guillermo del totoro uh totoro is spelled with two r's instead of one uh should really change that <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's not yeah maybe we will maybe we won't but <laughs> Until then, uh, I'm taking the reins. I'm choosing last of song here. You are. And you know exactly what song it's going to be. You know exactly what fucking the greatest song in the world. This, everybody, is 22 going oh, on 23 okay. from Locust Abortion kind of. Technician. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. See ya. Well, we're glad you kept trying. Thank you. Um, I'm going to have to